passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. Hello, once again, Pats fans, and we welcome you to the latest and always greatest edition of Six Rings and Football Things, brought to you by your friends at WEEI, Odyssey, and 2400 Sports. It's a special Monday reactionary episode from your pals Fitzy and Hart at FitzyGFY and at Jumbo Hart, coming at you after week 13 in the NFL, which the Patriots ingloriously kicked off with a 24-10 to defeat at the hands of Dub Bills, at Del Razor last Thursday night. Week 13 seemed to actually sort of break their way, but we've got some breaking news we want to kick the podcast off with today as we record on a Monday afternoon. Just moments ago, Andy Hart, we got the official news. Some other radio station may have had a nibble or a bite or a whiff of the news first, but then it was confirmed moments later by Adam Schefter, a.k.a. the Deshaun Watson apologist, the New England Patriots have officially been flexed out of primetime Sunday night football week 15. They have been moved to the Fox Network at 4.05 p.m. In their place will be Heineke versus Jones to the revenge match. Uh, Giants and Commanders will now be the Sunday night football game. Patriots and Raiders from Las Vegas, a 4.05 game. Uh, hey, Brian Dayball, more like some night ball for the Giants. Am I right? Hey, let's work the room and warm up the crowd a little Terrible. bit. Oh, was, oh, Terrible. <laughs> that That's, was actually so bad. It was. <laughs> That's almost as bad as the reality that you're getting flexed out of Sunday night football primetime games for the oh, commanders. For I need to make NFC, myself like, like feel something by having you tell me how bad the joke was or the wordplay just because oh, no, it, was. It, is, it was awful. I know, I, but I apologize for nothing. It is so jarring to me it is so sad it is such a wake-up call to the state of affairs with the new england patriots that a matchup like belichick versus mcdaniels part two pats at raiders in december a game we thought all thought would likely be either for divisions or for wild cards now is so offensively inept, though the Raiders have gotten their offense turned around the last couple of weeks with 400 yards and more, some good points, big win for them against the Chargers yesterday, that people would have, this This to me is not about like, even Miami Bills would have been a better option, though the Dolphins are on week 14, Sunday Night Football, um, that people would rather see the Commanders against the Giants 
as opposed to Patriots Raiders. Woe be the state of affairs in Foxborough and in Vegas. Well, the funny thing is the Raiders are starting to enter the wild card conversation here a little bit after they were sort of left for dead early in the year and everybody was joking that Josh McDaniels be ROC by the time they played in December and all that. Um, hey, how much longer till he's back in the Patriots hat? Yeah, no, he's starting to look pretty good. If he can get his defense going, um, which has been some of the issues all year long, that that may start to trend in the right direction. And we all read the reports that they are too poor to fire him anyway. So um, they're stuck with each other for the current time. I just think it's funny when you look back on it now in the totality of this, this four game primetime schedule, Thursday night, Thursday night, Monday night, Sunday night. Did the schedule makers, the NFL, the TV people actually believe the Patriots were going to be a really good palatable late November, early December, mid-December football team that everybody in the NFL would want to watch? Were they hoping? Were they, you know, building off the Mac Jones experience? Like, because they're not fun to watch. That's the other thing. It'd be one thing if they were losing games, mm -hmm. but they were fun to watch. But you and I have talked about it. Like, mm -hmm. if you took Marcus Jones off this team, they would have zero entertainment factor. Zero. Because they would have lost to the Jets or maybe won by a field goal, some weird overtime thing. Or but if yeah. Mike White had started for the Jets, well, then the Jets likely would have won that game. Jets likely would have won two games against you. <laughs> Mike White had started. So yeah, I, I already, here we go. Well, I'll play sports radio standing in line for the, at the DMV for three hours or watching the Patriots not score against the bills. Six, one, seven, 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 nine, seven, basically. And honestly, that game last Thursday night sucked. Because you can lose so games in entertaining fashion. They don't do that. They lose right. games in unentertaining fashion. And then, you know, so I just, I look at it because the, the Vikings game, I guess you can say, was entertaining, was competitive. Right. Now, you still lost. So you had non-entertaining win, entertaining loss, non-entertaining loss. You're not exactly trending in the right direction, either mm -hmm. in terms of winning games or just in terms of being, you know, a TV draw that people actually want to watch. So... Uh, it doesn't surprise me. Now, the Raiders are similar. They're, they've been a disappointment. Now, maybe they can turn it around late in the year here, and they certainly have more star power. I mean, if you're going to watch one of these two teams lose, I'd probably rather watch Josh Jacobs and Devontae Adams lose than I'd, than I'd rather watch the Patriots right now, who the most exciting thing about the Patriots, other than Marcus Jones, is Mac, Mac Jones losing his cool and blowing his top on the sideline like – that the highlight of Patriots losing 24 to 10 to the bills in a game that let's be honest, wasn't that close. No. And I think if the bills didn't try to go into conservative, protect the lead, lull them to sleep mode in the second half. And that may have just been based around the fact that they knew that they had the Patriots under thumb and quietly secured that the true highlight of the game was Mac Jones dropping some F bombs on the sideline. Yep. In a clip that went viral or that night and hyper viral by Friday morning. And Which so I like the dialogue. I, we both it. talked about the with fact that we love the fight from Mac Jones, that we like to compete. We like the attitude. We, I don't mind the language either. It's at least heartening to a degree that someone is so mad that they're willing to say something about it. And he addressed it immediately in the post game. Kendrick Bourne kind of went off script and I'm sure he's gotten a talking to from Belichick Incorporated since he told Andrew Callahan and the pool of reporters that they were sucked on third down. They need to have a better concept, better execution, better play calling. It's refreshing knowing that they're as unhappy as we are because they put they get paid a lot of money. They put in all that work and the product stinks. We spend all this time put, you know, analyzing, discussing, cheering. 
you and I aren't paying three fifty a ticket plus eighty for parking and tailgating and putting in fourteen hours only to sit there freeze our asses off and then watch the team score once luckily because they put a slot corner slash punt returner in at receiver and he scored the lone touchdown of the night. Yeah, there's there's nothing. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. You're Mr. Positive. You're Mr. Ra Ra Patriots fan. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, I said that with like that wasn't a dig really. That was just sort mm-hmm. of an honest assessment. Okay, that's fine. What is trending in the right direction? Let's see. Nick Folk missed a 48 yarder. Um, the defense, while they still, you know, held the Bills to a yard less per play average, didn't exactly shut them down entirely. They tried, but they didn't. Um, we still have a backup left footed punter who I don't think is long for the team. Uh, the coach is super frustrated. The coordinators are don't, uh, not much. <laughs> And that's my, like, I'm not trying to be like, I literally was just sifting through the Foxborough files. Like, nope. nope like even the run nope, game that we nope. thought was the, the basis Ugh. is not. Oh, and the offensive line is almost like it's, it's worse than it was in 2019 when Brady was running for his life behind Marshall Newhouse at all. Yeah, no. So the one thing I would say is maybe you can get the passing game going again. Bills have a pretty good defense, although they're banged up and it's kind of a, a mix match hodgepodge of what they want to be and what they are right now. But they but were maybe... all over them Thursday night. They they looked like the Jets, like diagnosing every play. That's because they're not good. So let's get into that. Let's get into let's trend okay. here. All right, all into right. the the play calling, the scheme. Kendrick Bourne said they need to scheme it up better. Mm-hmm. Listening to so the the coordinators spoke on Monday. <laughs> Excuse me. The coordinators, I need air mm-hmm. quotes because none of them are actually coordinators by title, but senior. Fo- so the senior football advisor and defensive assistants, yes, yes, um, spoke on Monday. And so listening to them, there were various interesting aspects of that that I took away. Uh, a couple of them I found really notable, actually. First, mm-hmm. I'll start with a positive. Oh. I loved Steve Belichick's, mm-hmm. loved it because somebody. St- tossed him a softball and said, like, you know, what, what do you maybe like about what your defense has been doing over the last few weeks? And he said, doesn't really matter. It's not good enough. There's only one stat that matters, wins and losses. We need to be better. You know who I used to like it when he said that? His dad, Bill Belichick. <laughs> but Steve Belichick is not taking victory laps. He's not doing the well. We didn't have many penalties that his dad did. He's not doing, oh, our numbers are pretty good. We're a top 10 defense. Nope, he didn't do any of that. Mm-hmm. All has to be better. So I loved that. Maybe his dad could take some lessons from the son nowadays. But uh, the- let me a- let me ask you now, real quick. Do you think Steve Belichick is sort of t- like he's obviously learned at the heels and is a disciple of his father? So the only way he knows is Bella speak. I mean, for Christ's sakes, he sounds like his dad when he talks. Well, the old Bella speak, the one that yeah. used to be good and right. win. And but as Bill Belichick has now sort of turned from speaking to their offensive greatness, their defensive. Uh, the, the brilliance of their defensive game planning uh, and everything that we used to know as the hallmarks or the calling cards of the Patriots. And now Bill Belichick has had to become like this overall apologist for the organization mm-hmm. and his decisions, which is just so freaking strange. Uh, do you think in, in large part, like the game plan is, all right, Steve, you say the things I used to say, because dad has to go like dad, dad isn't talking to everyone who works on this floor. I got to go super corporate here. I, I don't think it's probably a um, a manipulation. I think it's probably natural. Like, I think you said it. Like, Steve couldn't learn at his dad's bosom for mm-hmm. all those years and then not 
pick up most of it. So like, that's who right. he is. Like, that's who we are. Hell, forget being actual his son or his assistant coach, just being observers of the Patriots. There are certain things that you just fell in accepting because you were beaten over the head with them for 20 mm -hmm. years. And now Bill has broken from them. Now, maybe he's got a method to his madness. Maybe he's playing chess and we're still thinking about checkers with the whole stats are for losers. Mm -hmm. Oh, no, no, no. Now stats are for us, blah, blah, blah. Like, OK, whatever. I just liked that his son is not going to take that that out, especially when it was lobbed up in front of him by a reporter, sort of an opportunity. Second, and I also think Steve Belichick takes way too much heat on this. Like, I, I don't really find I don't find. Do you find as many of the play calls on defense as egregious or as lacking in logic uh, no. as the no, I'd like to see what the defense would look like if guys like Jelani Tavai and Miles Bryant weren't in key roles. And I don't know if you gave him a number one corner like pretty much every defensive coach over the last 20 years has had and not forced fed. Jonathan Jones or Jalen Mills or whoever. Well, what if your effing offense could stay on the field for longer than 21 minutes? Part of it too. That's part of it. They're exhausted. Last Thursday night, they, they, yeah, they were so exhausted. I, I think the defensive uh, scheme, play calling, week to week game plans are pretty low on this team's least list of problems. I, I think they've done a pretty good job with what they have to work with in the situation at hand. The other thing that jumped out to me is Troy Brown, who poor guy is the wide receivers and returns coach, and he's put out there basically to answer questions for the totality of the offense. Not fair. Although at least he's a franchise legend and has that to fall back on. It's not like he's a you know 22-year-old kid like when they put uh, you know some of the other assistants out there. Uh, last week, Vinny uh, Sanceri, when he's out there, it's like, poor guy, I have to answer for all these problems. Um, like, what are you doing? Well, um, uh, um, we don't have a healthy running back room and the line stinks. <laughs> <laughs> don't know what to say. Um, cliche two, insert here. But Troy had an interesting comment. Somebody asked him, I think it was Karen Garigian, asked him about, like, when you used to get frustrated as a player, whether it be with coaching, winning, losing, role, whatever, how did you get out of it? And he said, basically, you just got to do what you do. Like, you have to move past it, work hard. But in the midst of that answer, he said something to the effect my guys, or we just have to execute the plays that are called. I personally, correct me if I'm wrong, I took that as a, as a maybe not a, a pushback to Kendrick Bourne, but, and not so veiled pushback at like, let's stop bitching about the plays and the scheme. Let's stop bitching about the play that's called or the route that's called. Mm -hmm. Let's just execute. And Bill has said that. Bill made those comments today actually about, you know, somebody asked him about changing play callers. We just need to do what we do better. And there's a little bit of me that's that's that buys into that. I, I think they're poorly coordinated. I think the game plans are not good. I also don't think they're playing well. They're executing well. Mm -hmm. Like, but does that start though? Like, here's a chicken and the egg conversation, Andy. Okay. Does that begin? with the frustration shown and i think we can trace it back all the way to the summer and the spring when oh, reports yeah. when reports leaked out uh via several people not through ben boland's direct messages but like other people's like there's internal dissent already they don't know what they're doing in the spring they they feel it's poorly organized then it carries through in the summer next thing you know you're you're you and everyone else on media hill is like oh incompletion incompletion sack 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 three yard gain mac rollout garbage uh, and Zappy looks the best running the offense. It, now into the season, like how much longer can all these players who had expectations built up from last season where the offense was by and large good to like pretty good to good to some occasionally very good. 
now all of a sudden they come into this season and everything is, you know, you're a Paul Abdul fan. Last season was two steps forward. This season is two steps back. Sorry, but those opposites don't attract. I agree. Like, again, I am not taking, I, I think the, the offensive coaching is putrid. I think the offensive coaching will change moving forward. All of that is accurate. But at some point, like, just play the hand you're dealt, right? right. Like, don't don't be part of the problem. Like, don't and don't allow the right. negativity of the situation or the problem to snowball. Like, dude, if you're Kendrick Bourne, you may think it's a crappy scheme and a crappy play call on third down or crappy in the red zone. Execute it as best as you possibly can, right? Like, I don't know that they've done that this year. I think there's been a lot of mistakes from a lot of people that have compounded the issues with the play calling and the game right. planning and the like all of that. And I think there's a little bit of, of that's what Troy is talking about. And to some degree, I think that's what Bill's talking about. Cause what are you going to do now? I posed the idea last week on here. <laughs> Let's give Nick Cayley a shot. I don't C think you correct. have to blow it up. Correct. Like yeah. you don't have to blow it up. He's there. He's like blend it all together. He knows what you've taught. He knows what guys know from past years. He, I'm, I think he's a smart coach. I think he could find, a game plan under his watchful eye that might be different, might be, he thinks, it's more productive. Like, I would love to see that, but I don't think Bill's going to do that. I don't think Bill's going in that direction. But so if you're not, then they just need to, like, hey, Trent Brown, stop screwing up. Hey, Cole Strange, mm -hmm. stop screwing up. Like, if everybody screws up, it's like, hey, Yadney could just, hey, Connor McDermott. Just don't be you. I mean, like, right. well, but, but like, there look, is some of that. It's every. See, I don't think guys are, you know, flagging on their roots. I don't think people are turning in subpar performances. I do believe that there is palpable frustration. Yes, across the entire offense. Nick Folks got to hit a forty-eight yarder, but Mac Jones says that, that he should have thrown the ball away and not tried to get five extra yards. But you know, the kicker is limited. Uh, and Max frustrated with the quick game and wants to go downfield more, but he can't because the offensive line can't hold up and they can't open holes in the running game and they can't give him more than two seconds to throw the effing ball. And now the receivers are running routes as Orlovsky and a million other people have pointed out that are, they're not turning around to give him an opportunity underneath in time to be able to release the ball. And just everything correlated is turning into a big, huge, just blanket of suck right now on the offense. Like there is not one thing on this offense right now that is functioning at a high or postseason worthy level. Now that we've seen them flexed out, we watched them suck last Thursday night. Now Buffalo, to, to their credit, Buffalo is definitely the superior team. Buffalo has been planning for this. Buffalo has been building toward this. They are now back in the driver's seat as the number one seed overall in the AFC. I don't think they let go of it. I think Buffalo throttles down and rides this all the way to the week one bye on a super wild card weekend. Um, I think they are basically Super Bowl favorites right now again. And maybe Buffalo Philadelphia is the Super Bowl for all the diehards and filthy fans who would eat a garbage plate or crap off the street that we deserve right now, Andy. I don't know how you fix this offense, but I disagree with Bill Belichick's assessment from and turning to what you just said a second ago, this morning on the Greg Hill Show on EEI, he says it's too late in the season to be making drastic changes like that, and they just have to stick with who they've got and try to figure this out. Hard disagree. Sorry, here I am. What do you know compared to the greatest coach of all time? 
we're we're entitled to say whatever we want. It's a podcast. We're fans. That's why we do this. And I disagree with the coach. Why not? Your offense literally cannot get more anemic or unproductive. Giving Nick Cayley a shot, a fresh set of eyes, a fresh perspective, a fresh group think at attacking another team. Why not? What do you have to lose? See, I think I, I agree 100% with you. I would do the Nick Cayley thing. I said it already. I, I'd beat the drum till the end of the year. It's a little bit like <laughs> we're in a different place. Remember when it was the same type of message with uh, Stidham? Why is Cam Newton still playing? Just give Stidham a shot. Let's find out what Stidham, right? Let's find uh, out what Nick Cayley is. <laughs> because you're you're going nowhere right now. I know, and we'll get into this in a minute. You're technically in the playoff picture, and you might even be able to make the playoffs if things fall perfectly your way over the next five weeks. But it's not functional. And, and I would ask the question, if the play caller's name was not Matt Patricia, if he wasn't Bill Belichick's you know, Budweiser buddy, uh, if he wasn't Bill Belichick's like, oh, we're going on the recruiting trail. Let's do Florida and Alabama and Georgia, and you can carry my jacket and my bag for me, and we'll have fun. Like, if it wasn't Matt Patricia, if it was just somebody else they brought in this year, hell, maybe even if it was Joe Judge, because I don't put Joe Judge in the same category as Matt Patricia in terms of, you know, friend of Bill, buddy of Bill, would they make a change? Would they alter something? Would we see Nick Cayley? Because they won't announce it, but would we look down and be like, hey, um, Looks like five plays in a row. Nick Cayley's the one covering his mouth with the play sheet. Looks like Nick. Would they do that if it wasn't Matt Patricia? Does Bill have a Matt Patricia blind spot? I agree. I believe he does indeed. And I don't think Nick Cayley, to speak to Kendrick Bourne's frustrations, would be calling in the red zone when they have a chance to try to undo one of their greatest weaknesses this season. A double reverse to Kendrick Bourne that has him eight yards in the backfield in pursuit against a defense that's doing everything it can to blow through a patchwork offensive line. You know uh, what? Um, did you know they're now tied? People were laughing at the Broncos all year in the red zone and the offense and the the Russell Wilson. Exp you know the Patriots and Broncos are now tied for 31st in red zone offense. You're as bad as the Broncos. The uh, well, Broncos. the Pats scored one effing point more than them last week. <laughs> I mean, the final Sunday was Orioles 10, Rockies 9. And Buffalo beat the Pats 24 to 10. So they actually scored more because they kicked three field goals at least. Yeah, but that's my point. Like everybody's the the Broncos offense is a laughing stock. They're gonna get rid of the coach. They're gonna get rid of the quarterback. Oh my God, what have we done? And you're the same. You're the same as them. And yet your coach isn't willing to make what seems like a pretty obvious and simple change. I don't other than Matt Patricia. Where would the pushback be? Where would the negative be? What would the problem be? And I would even argue, maybe Matt Patricia, because did you see him on the sideline looking to the skies? Yeah, like he rolled to... his eyes heavenward as well. Right. Like So everyone's frustrated. So I think he'd probably be happier if he kind of was taken out of the role, taken out of the spotlight. He knows he's failing. You're going to pull the plug at some point. Now, I said all, all along he probably should have said no to the job, knowing he wasn't qualified, prepared, or capable of doing it. Now that we've learned that he indeed is not qualified, prepared, or capable of doing it, I think he might even be like, yeah, Nick, you want this? Here's the headset. Here's the play sheet. <laughs> Woo! I am good. I, I have lot. I know guys that are Detroit Lions fans. I have them in tech thre text threads and on my timeline saying, like, you expected differently told you so like the yeah, but big, this has like, nothing to do with them because they, they all just but they all just think they all just think wherever he goes he's poisonous that he's just like irradiated land that he's not going to yeah. succeed anywhere 
I see. I think he did a pretty good job as a defensive coach here. I do. Uh, like, and I know it ended poorly, like Mm -hmm. the Super Bowl, the whole thing. But there was a lot to that in a lot of ways. Underpreparing for the Eagles had nothing to do, or rather, believing that there was no way uh, that uh, Big Kick uh, BD Nick was going to that Nick Foles was going to be able to put on the performance that he did against the Patriots in Super Bowl Fifty Two. That that stemmed from the top down. That wasn't just a Matt Patricia issue. So I don't blame like. There's there's some piling on with Matt Patricia that I don't care for, but to me it's not piling on to say he shouldn't be an offensive play caller, he shouldn't be an offensive coach. If you have a, an ability to change that now with mm-hmm. five games to go, that's kind of a lot, right? Five games, that's like a, a it's almost, a third of basically right, almost a third, third of the season. season. It's yeah. salvageable. Like what what because you have winnable games here. We all believe Arizona and Vegas are winnable games. Vegas's defense not good. They can score points. Okay. So you know what? If Nick Cayley can get something going, I also think going on the road for this little road trip mm-hmm. with Nick Cayley taking the change, like maybe that'd be a good situation. Like it's just us. It's a smaller spotlight. We're out of New England. I don't know why you wouldn't. I don't think Bill will, because I think he's a stubborn SOB and and all of that, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I think you make changes that might save your season. Isn't that what he does? Like put people in position to succeed, change where you put you in the best position needed, to like, succeed and right. maximize your talents. Okay. Well, your whole team could be going down the crapper because your offense stinks. Your offensive mm-hmm. scheme stinks. Your play calling stinks. If you have a ripcord and a parachute to try to save it, isn't that his job to do that? Like, why wouldn't he? Why not break class in case of emergency and try out the other guy? Look, yeah. and I'll and let I'll, Matt just coach the offensive line. I'm not sure he's qualified to do that, but at least no, just give him that. Why not, too? Because the offensive line, last I checked, was awful. Now, I understand injury had a ton to do with it, but still. you Our injuries making Trent Trent Brown was sick. I should probably He was sick. I mean, there were some there were some plays where he wasn't like leaning on his legs to like get a better block because he knew he was in pass pro. Like he was doing that to catch a breath. Like we, you and I were talking about it when we were watching the fourth quarter, we were yelling for people to get out of like pull Ramondre, pull Mac with five minutes left. Oh, you yeah. was going to get him killed. I didn't understand that. The one thing you have on offense that's been consistent and good, you're just out there letting him get the absolute snot kicked out of him. But in you a can't game put in Zappy because if Zappy throws a touchdown, then the stadium goes like, see, I told you so Zappy. I well, asked all right, quick question, quick point, and then we'll get to the last thing about the Patriots still having a playoff life after week 13 Sunday. After all this negativity, we'll end yep. on a hope. And it's unbelievable. We'll try to end on a new hope. Uh, every single time, we, uh, Andy and I are basically Luke and Leia standing at the window watching the Millennium Falcon fly away like, find Han slash find a wild card berth. Um, I had someone in my timeline last week mention, like, you guys keep, like, skating over or glossing over, skating past or glossing over the most obvious loss for the Patriots. So many of the fundamentals, so many of the things, the intangibles, the secret elements to success, the Patriot things, if you will, were lost when Ernie Adams left the Patriots two years ago. Uh, Okay, well, I just sort of, I ask and mention. In game, I believe you could question some of the the actual technical Mm -hmm. aspects of a game. But... Are we going to pretend penalties and mistakes are up? He left last year in the last two seasons. How many unpatriot like things have happened, Andy? Yeah, but it's because they're not good. Okay. I'll say it again. There were mistakes over the years that got band-aided by Tom Brady covered up, right? Flex seal. Yeah. Brady. Gronk. Exactly. Edelman. Yeah. Just like there's mistakes in yeah, 
For example, the Bengals. Mm-hmm. Um, Boyd dropped that touchdown. Uh, which <laughs> could not have been, like that could have cost them. No one's going to remember that now because nope. th- they beat the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes for the third time, right? But and not by accident, not by accident. No, they had a great but in a game different timeline. That's a huge catches. mistake, yep. and that's yes. like a he's a goat, and there's like a story. Ah, <laughs> that just falls under the victory. Don't worry about it. We'll move on. So those things tend to happen. And Matthew Slater told Mutt and I this a couple weeks ago. Like he's he, I think he phrased it. I'm not like like Al Davis, like just win, baby. But there's reality too. If you just win, everything else kind of falls in place. Mm-hmm. Like oh, everybody likes each other a little bit more. They get along better. Like we forget about mistakes. What? But this team right now isn't good enough to overcome those, and then those become the the discussion point. But to answer that idea, mm-hmm. I do think he is missed during the games in terms yeah. of replays. In like the the couple weeks ago, the the um, blocked punt running into the punter, like he couldn't find the challenge flag in his sock. It was in his left. It was in his right. He couldn't find. Like I think some of that is Ernie's probably the guy. It's in your left sock. Bill, Bill. Left sock. It's always been in your left sock. What are you a moron? Why do I, I not get I, more respect I, around here? And the little things. And I know you spoke about this a ton last year. And then Lou and Christian ran with it as well. But I think you were the first voice on EI to talk about the talent drain on the sidelines. It, it gets glossed over. It gets forgotten. I think more time needs to be spent. Forget about like the talent drain on the field because replacing the Edelmans and the Welkers uh, and the Gronkowskis and the Brady's are impo- are damn near impossible. And they haven't really done a great job of that as well. Nope. But you don't replace an Ernie Adams who is like the secret algorithm to the Patriots success. You just can't like Josh McDaniels, like Josh. I mean, even though they're, they have a losing record, but they're trending upward right now. Every time I look at a picture of McDaniels, the first thing I think of is him just going, miss me now? Huh? You guys appreciate me now? Huh? Yeah, you got a bitch about me calling a third and two to Bolden again, huh? Don't forget Scar and Ivan Fears and just there's... Scar, first statue they build outside this, they should probably have like a a Scar, like rock or something. You you know, like at Clemson when the players walk down, they're all like, yeah, yeah. There should be like a... Scar stone or something like you touch or you like all of them should because the man was a freaking rock, a pillar of the organization for decades on end. Um, all right, a couple of last other quick thoughts, Andrew. Um, do you think Zappy gets another throw this season? Mm, does Zappy get another? Th- yeah, when the I'm Bengals, want, if Mac, if Mac, if Mac struggles against the Cardinals who have a crap defense, oh no, not in that way. I think, sure. Um, it, it'll come in garbage time, either, pr- you know, for example, it wouldn't stun me if the Patriots put up some points against the Cardinals. So there could right. be garbage time there. Um, or the converse, it wouldn't stun me if the Bengals put up some points against the Patriots and there's some garbage time there. Uh, but Worst other than Christmas garbage Eve time, <laughs> yeah, I don't, uh, uh, by the way, you think the guy on the other station still considers that game a layup for the Patriots, that Bengals hmm. Patriots on, on Christmas Eve? Cause it's weird. I haven't heard him saying that lately. Interesting. Yeah, funny. Uh, yeah, funny about that. That's. Um, I don't think that's going to be so much of a layup. And that was one of the ones when you and I did our second half of the schedule breakdown that I thought the Patriots might be able to pull out. But with the way the Bengals have turned around recently, it's more about like, oh, I wonder if I, I know it didn't Bengals count in the over or. I know it didn't count, but the Jamar Chase catch on the sideline like the other day. like God, they have so much talent. <laughs> I'm, start- I'm starting to wonder like. 
So when the Bengals play the Bills in Buffalo for the AFC Championship, do I make Skyline chili, wings, or both? I can't wait. I, I want to I think that. that's it, and that'll be a friggin' awesome game. You know I love Joe Burrow, and I've really mm-hmm. started to really like Josh Allen. I want to see that matchup. I want to see those two go at it with a Super Bowl same, on the line. Like, same, I, same. So fun. And the, in terms of the Bengals, as we talk about it here, so the Patriots are 6-6, six and six, tied with the Chargers. They are mm-hmm. one game out of the playoff picture. Your New so York. So thank, Ra- thank you, Raiders. Also, thank you, Vikings. Oh, oh and also, thank you, Braxton Berrios. Patriots deep state, Braxton Berrios. Uh, that was a terrible drop. Um, oh, careful what you wish for, though. Those Raiders are on the come, and they may enter the chat, and who knows how that plays out in the coming weeks. I might uh, have and said the Steelers, back, by the fine. way, Mike Tomlin. The Mr. I never had a losing record is now up to yep. five and seven and could have another season where he doesn't have a losing record. Maybe they enter the picture. Mm-hmm. You have the Jets looking to fall out of the picture. I don't think the Bengals or the Titans, although Derrick Henry not running the ball very well, I don't expect them to necessarily fall down. Well, someone the- has to win the AFC South and it's going to be the Titans Correct. by default. Yes. Correct. Um, but so you're in the conversation. Like mm-hmm. on paper, you are absolutely in the conversation with five games to play. Seed number seven. Yeah, that's a great point for seed number for the seed that didn't used to exist. Yes, <laughs> you should be happy that it now exists. Correct. Um, you're you're in the mix for that now. I think you have a tough schedule. You have at the very least three very losable games uh, on the horizon. The and final three are very very losable. Like you yeah. could you could conceivably win the next two, and yep. then you have the daunting challenge of two home games, both on holidays, both one o'clock matinees in the cold at Gillette, and then you go to the cold, cold, cold up in Buffalo January 8th, you need to, as a Patriots fan, root against the Chargers, root against the Jets, and we'll say root against the Raiders or the Steelers each and every Sunday as we will probably develop some sort of path to the playoffs column at WEI.com for all the diehards to keep track of. You also need to root for the Bills to win every single game until that Week 18 matchup because – If the Bills do so, they lock up the top seed because they won the head-to-head affair with the Chiefs earlier this season out at G Field at Arrowhead Stadium. So if they do, there's a chance maybe they rest up and give them give all their talent an extended buy. I think they would do that as opposed to like, let's bury him today. Like, why would you risk a Josh Allen injury? Why would you risk Steph Diggs? Why would you risk Gabe Davis and his hamstring uh, in that weather as opposed to like, ah, let Case Keenum play it out. Or you could just do what you did the other night and play for a little bit, score some points, and then cruise to victory with the backups in in the second half. Similar, Dude, I'm with you about the Josh Allen thing. Like, Forget about him trolling the Patriots on the Amazon Prime video post-game show, whatever they call that, saying he partly took a Gillette sponsorship yep. to troll the Patriots. It's a dick move, but I, 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 applaud, I applaud the swag. I told you on the post-game, I want to say it again in case anyone missed it that particular night, the best throw I have seen a quarterback make live in attendance at a game was the one that didn't count for a touchdown at the end of the first half, rolling as hard as he could to his right at the 48-yard line and unleashing a 55-yard seed that literally dropped into the specific bucket he wanted it to into Steph Diggs' arms in the back right corner of the end zone. Didn't count for a touchdown, but holy smokes, that guy's next level. With with a bad UCL. So let's go to bad bum elbow. Must be nice to have a bum elbow and be yeah, able must to do be, that. Yeah, must be nice. Maybe we, yeah, maybe that's what Mac and Mac needs get it. a bum elbow. <laughs> <laughs> what that's a world nice. we live in. I am in NFL. Um, so yeah, so there's the, so that's the path. Now the Patriots are six and six and they're, as I like to call them, Kornacki adjacent every Sunday night on 
Sunday football, you get the little video board up and like in the hunt, in the mix, in the hunt, the new England Patriots three years removed from Tom Brady, not nearly as good as they used to be. We are now an in the hunt. We're in the mix. That's who we are. But in in all honesty, you need, you need to be, and you should be happy with that. Like, there's an alternative. It's called not being in the mix. It's called, you know, we've already reached that point in the year where next to the the Texans in the standings, it has that little E. And then you look down, what does E mean next to it? Oh, has been eliminated from the postseason. Mm-hmm. Like, you could be one of those teams, and you're not. So I got a lot of draft. It might, but is it going to be more fun two years from now to be a Texans fan because they have, like, 19 no. first-round draft? No, 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 no. You're, you're trying to tell me that you, you think it's better to be a Texans fan? No chance. No chance. No, I not, not now. In a few years, because they're going to have no. I will not buy that either. Okay. That right. debacle okay. of an organization that once had, I don't know, DeAndre Hopkins and Deshaun Watson, and forget the Watson issues off the field. Deshaun mm-hmm. Watson wanted mm-hmm. out of there long before he did all his devious, def- gross things. Um, they ruined what should have been an organization that was going in a very uh, productive direction. True, but we also thought we had answered or at least started to give answer to the Mac Jones is the QB of the future issue after he balled out against the Vikings. Mike White turned out to have a pretty nice game against the Vikings as well, so Mac Jones equals Mike White by transit of property a quarterback. No, until we get a better play caller and a healthy, uh, more sound and fundamentally strong offensive line, we still won't have the answer about Mac. Well, you'll have a better play caller next year. There, I mean, it couldn't be worse. You will have a guy who has an offensive background next year. I am, I am all in on that. I do. Mm-hmm. You want to hear me rant in the Six Rings podcast at whatever point in the spring? If we find out uh, we've decided to make no changes to the offensive staff, we will continue the status you, you, is quo. Andy, Holy you will see a revolt from the season ticket holders. The yeah, people well, that we. So no, will I'm not kidding. Robert Kraft. I'm not, so will Robert Kraft, and and that's why I don't think there's a shot in hell of it happening. Robert K. Kraft will not allow it. Baker Mayfield got uh, released by the Panthers. Um, what about here? Hear me out. Baker Mayfield for play calls. Uh, he, he's more qualified to call plays than Matt Patricia is. And I'm not joking there. He's, he's been in some good schemes. <laughs> oh, how desperate. Breath of how background. desperate are the times? Hard imagine if times we claimed him. The empire. Imagine if we claimed him and he's like, wow, I was, Bill, I was surprised. you. I thought you were happy with Mac. He's like, we are happy with Mac. We need a play caller. You're going to coach here. We're <laughs> going to pay somebody, you a million five to I, coach. I'm going to teach Patricia how to call plays. <laughs> <laughs> that would be tremendous. And the Patriots were hell-bent on trying to trade up for him back in 2018. Mm -hmm. And now here is his season. Here is his career in complete and utter turmoil and turnaround. Watch. He's going to end up going to the 49ers. He'll sit behind Brock Purdy for a couple of weeks. Your mouth is Purdy. Yeah, you got a real Purdy mouth. Uh, uh, By the way, uh, that guy stepped onto the field yesterday. Will be Jimmy Garoppolo with the broken ankle. He's out for the season. So now Jimmy can't make it back to the big game, only to be devastatingly handsome, but disappoint on a big stage. Garoppolo out. Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant, which is probably yep. what you love about this guy. Like, who doesn't love a guy who's literally picked last in the NFL draft? Gets his first opportunity, comes in, balls the F out. Like, he threw some legitimate NFL passes Sunday. Does he stick it out? Uh, my guess would be no, because um, that's generally these stories are like one offs like Jeff Saturday. Right. He won oh. his first game last night. They gave up 33 in the fourth quarter fourth quarter alone. Yeah. Out. Like so usually these kind of level themselves out and the guys who shouldn't be good aren't good because I believe I saw he's the first 
Mr. Irrelevant to throw a touchdown pass. I Isn't believe that crazy? that's that I saw. Usually they're like Marty Moore or just somebody who plays on special teams <laughs> or is, yeah, a receiver. They're irrelevant. Gunner. Yeah, they're very irrelevant. They're literally irrelevant. He, oh, it looks like Mr. Mr. Irrelevant, more like Mr. Relevant. Back to you. Uh, all right, any, any final thoughts or should we clean this act up and call it a day? Uh, I'm just going to stay the optimistic one. And I, I've said this before and I'll say it again. I think Patriots fans are are honest with where they are. And right now, being in the hunt in December is about all you can ask for with everything that's gone on, the lack of talent, the lack of coaching. You you should be somewhat appreciative this holiday mm-hmm. season that you are in the hunt and still have a path to the playoffs. Now, the path could be bumpy, and I think the path could blow up in the coming weeks. Mm-hmm. But for the here and now, you're still in it. So enjoy that. So we should take what we can get, considering the way the Patriots have played of recent day, weekend game, the fact that they are still Kornacki adjacent, in the hunt, in the mix. They could clean it up. Maybe we'll even get a signature win or two against winning teams along the way. Who knows? There have been greater Christmas miracles. All right, folks. Oh, one more uh, thing that's not so positive. Oh, there I was. Okay. Oh, good. You want? You have to end on an Andy Hart note. I have to end on a negative. All right, okay. Um, The Bears are also eliminated from the postseason, and you got absolutely owned by the Bears on your home field. And that, my friends, is probably the reason you will not make the postseason, that loss to the Bears. Ugh. Ugh. All right. Contractually obligated final ending negative note from Andy Hart. Good job at Jumbo Hart. Thanks very much, Justin Turpin, for helping us produce this pile of audio nonsense and football frenzy today. I'm your old pal, Nick Steve, as you call me, at FitzyGFY. We'll be back later in the week with some more Patriots news, thoughts, and perspective. We'll help you preview the game in the desert against Cliff, D-Hop, Kylo Ren, and the Cardinals. Uh, It's a bit of a weird schedule this week with the Patriots on Monday Night Football, but stay tuned. Give us follows at Six Rings Pod on all your socials and we will keep the Patriots news and thoughts rolling. Until then, forevermore, next time and beyond, Fitzy Hart for the Six Rings Pod. Good day. God bless. Go Pats. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today.